His name was Big Something. I don't know, it was a few months ago, so I don't really remember. And I don't usually remember my Uber driver's names, but I know for certain there was a big at the beginning of this one. For the purposes of this story, let's call him Big John. Big John was a pretty large man, so the name made sense. Muscular, imposing, bald. Uh, he picked us up from an Ocean City diner late on a Saturday night in August. We needed to get back to my friend's house that we were staying at, and it was about 15 minutes away in a neighborhood called Ocean Pines. So we're driving along, and everything is normal. No dialogue with Big John. We're just sitting, enjoying the radio, uh, our buzz kind of fading from the alcoholic beverages enjoyed earlier in the night. Then, all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, Big John reaches into the console area and pulls out a single envelope. Now there is debate amongst the three of us that were in the car that night what kind of envelope it was. Paul says he got a manila envelope out of the console. I say it was your standard white envelope that you would receive a letter in if people still sent letters. Anyway, Big John reaches into this envelope and he pulls out a single peanut. Just a normal peanut. With the car still in silence, he cracks the peanut, eats the peanut, puts the peanut shell back into the envelope and returns the envelope back to the console area, all just very casually. And it's at this point, I slowly realize what I've just witnessed. Big John then takes one of those mini water bottles that you often find on the sideline of a youth soccer game. He slowly unscrews the top. This is all while driving, mind you. Much like Ben Carson, Big John has gifted hands. He takes that little water bottle and he takes a sip obviously thirsty from the salt of that single peanut. He then returns the water to its cup holder, and five minutes later, drops us off at the house. Our lives changed forever. The Uber drive has very much become a part of the millennial experience, and most of them are unspectacular. Standard small talk slowly fizzles out into a somewhat awkward, but accepted silence. But sometimes we don't reach that plateau of quiet. Sometimes things get weird. Now in the last episode of the dive, we cover the election of Donald Trump, and while that is an episode you should certainly listen to if you haven't already, we wanted to use this one, our fifth, to be a little bit more lighthearted. So we have two fun stories for you. We begin with me interviewing some friends and colleagues about their own weirdest Uber experiences, because everyone has a weird Uber story. And then we end with a conversation about the divisiveness of everyone's favorite Toronto rapper, Aubrey Drake Graham. So let's get into it. This is episode five of The Dive. My weirdest Uber experience came when I, I had a family friend in town, and so I ended up at the sketchy taco shack in Hyattsville. And there were bars on the windows, and so my friend didn't want to eat there, and so called an Uber, we're getting out of there, going to Silver Diner. And this guy picks us up, gets in the car, starts talking the traditional, you know, where are you from, where are you going? But instead of continuing that small talk, this guy just goes, yeah, you got to go down to U Street, man. You guys got to live it up. There's so many beautiful women in the world. You just got to live it up. And so we just start talking. He goes, Florida. Oh, you know, Disney World. Disney World in Florida. And, and I was down there once. And, and all I wanted to do was smoke a fat one. At this point, like, I don't know what to say. 
And so he just keeps telling the story. I'm at Disney World, with three kids, my lady, and I just want to smoke a fat one. And, you know, fucking Disney World, there's, there's nowhere to smoke. We're on Disney property. We're at the happiest fucking place on earth. There's nowhere to smoke. But I find this guy in a golf cart. And I just wave this guy down. And I'm like, man, I just want to smoke. And this guy takes me off Disney property. He and I start smoking. And hours later, I end up back in my room. And I've never been happier How old? How old do you think this man was? This guy was in his mid forties, probably with a younger wife, and was adamant about us like living it up. <laughs> like, like we needed to live like there's no tomorrow. Like, go hook up with some random girls at bars. Um, you, you're gonna have to edit this out, but he was like, <laughs> that that, uh, that was a thing that happened. So, uh, did you get the impression that if you did go to U Street, he would have parked the car and gotten out with you guys? Oh, no doubt. He would have he would have parked the car and paid for the drink. No doubt in my mind. My weirdest Uber story actually happened very recently. Um, it was Halloween weekend, and I was going to my friend's uh, house party off campus, and it was, like, way in the part of College Park where real people live. So I had to take an Uber. And um, the driver gets there, and he's in a, I want to say like a 2005 Toyota Sienna, which is a minivan. It started out rough because I, I tried to close the sliding door and it wasn't automated. And I tried to slam it and he was like, you gotta kind of get started from the outside and then hop in. So I was already, I was nervous. And then I noticed as we were driving, there was like a glow coming from the front and I was like, wow, his like dashboard is really lit up. But then I realized that this man, like instead of having an air freshener, had two lit candles in the front console just burning to like create this ambiance and I, I you know it was really creepy and it kind of felt like we were having a seance like in the minivan but I don't think it was meant to be Halloween I, I think he just does that all the time and that's like his idea of an air freshener and I'm just really confused because they were Yankee candles which are like kind of expensive and I think it'd be a lot cheaper for him to go to a gas station and get like one of those little uh, Christmas trees and hang it from the window. But no, this this guy, you know, really pulled out all the stops and they were two burning Yankee candles. We also took the back way. So we went through neighborhoods and some of the back neighborhoods have a lot of stop signs and also speed bumps. So every time we went over a bump, I was <laughs> so worried that there's gonna be just hot wax everywhere. Did you ask him about it? Did, like, did you say, hey, what's up with why do you have candles? No, the only interaction we had was a uh, young thug came on the radio and he was like, this is that new thugger. My weirdest Uber ride was actually a Lyft. I want to give brand recognition uh, where it's due. And uh, after a wild long night of tomfoolery and whatnot in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles, California, my prestigious hometown. Uh, it was about 1.56 a.m. We called the lift, he arrived. We were going to a local uh, fast food restaurant known as Jack in the Box, and Jack in the Box closed at 2 a.m. And as I said before, it was 1.57 in the a.m. So time was close, and Jack in the Box, according to map predictions, was five minutes away. 
Would we make it? Well, with a normal Lyft driver, probably not. But this man was special. He took on the challenge. He was unafraid. He was going about 115 in a 35 mile per hour speed zone down Valley Circle. He said, I got ya. He proceeded to speed and not speak to us until we, res until we arrived at Jack in the Box. When then his first words was, you guys gonna get me something? We did. He had a very specific order that took way too long and should not have been as complex of an order as someone who is having their food uh, being paid for. His next statement was something along the lines of, you guys smoke weed. He then inquired about if we knew a place to buy weed. Um, several fake contacts were given to him. Hopefully he pursued them though. Afterwards, we pull over, we get our jack in the box, and he asks us the simple question of, you guys like to play basketball? We like playing basketball, but we don't like playing basketball with Lyft drivers that are down to go 115 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone at 1.57 in the morning just to get three or four possibly intoxicated like 19 year olds to a jack in the box. But wasn't thinking really. Gave this guy my phone number, told him we would hit him up next time we needed fives. Next morning, woke up, and he was ready to go. He had texted me asking when our next pickup game was. I think I told him that I had an injury of some sort and that was the end of our relationship. I hope he's doing okay. So my worst Uber experience was last year when my friend and I were going to Georgetown to visit our friend. And so we get picked up in an Uber pool and it was like the first time we had ever gotten into an Uber pool. The guy next to us who was already in the car, totally normal person. The driver on the other hand, wow, he was something. So we get in, he starts talking to us about his family. We engage him about how long he's been driving Uber. And he's, he's just great so far, you know? And then he starts talking about how his 26 and 27 year old children and him have a really close relationship. And I was like, wow, that's wonderful. And he's like, yeah, like everything I do, I do for them because I'm putting them through med school and whatever, you know, I'm paying for all of it. And he goes, yeah, and in return, they're not allowed to drink. They're not allowed to go out and party. They have to return home at a curfew at 10 p.m. to their apartments, wherever they're living, and, you know, call me and my wife every night to talk about their day and how they're going to go to bed. And this was when I started wondering, you know, where this was headed. But he just, he just kept going, plowing through. His, he was like throwing his hands in the air, sort of not even like holding onto the steering wheel as he was getting animated about this next part which was how he, deeply religious he was. And as like an atheist, I respect everybody's religious beliefs. I just don't think that you should sort of force them on other people. So I just patiently like listened to him as he started talking about how, you know, drinking is a sin. And then he asked how we felt about drinking and we were just like, oh, you know, it's fine, whatever. And he goes, yeah, well, when you make an active decision to drink, you're committing a sin. And when you commit a sin, you basically accept all the sins in the world. 
and we were like, what does that mean? And so he's saying, basically, if you commit a sin, you take responsibility of everybody who's ever sinned in the world. And then he starts talking about the Boston Marathon bombing. And at that point, we were like, oh no, why are we in this car? Who is this man? Basically, this man was telling us that if we drank tonight, we accept the sins of the Boston Marathon bomber. Question, did you drink that night? <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> Those Uber stories were from Scott Gelman, Molly Podlesny, Cam Neiman, and Brittany Chang. Our second segment is a conversation between Patrick Basler, Brittany Chang, Danielle Ohl, and Casey Camerly about the merits of Toronto's favorite son. Alright, hello and welcome to The Dive. I'm Patrick Bassler, a staff writer for DBK Diversions. And with me in this very tiny recording booth, I have Casey Camerly. Hello. Danielle Ohl. Hey. And Brittany Chang. Hi. And you can't tell from how friendly they all sounded, but this is an intensely divided room right now. <laughs> because two of these people... Voted for Trump. No. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be terrifying. No, uh, two of these people voted for Drake. Not in an election, but in our hearts. Well, I also wrote in Drake in the election. Oh, you're the worst. Yeah, so Casey and I, um, for a long time, have been fans of Drake, but the other two people in this room, Danielle and Brittany, are not fans. Um, which, Casey, when you found that out, did that like hurt your opinions of them? I mean, not like too much, but like it does obviously bring it... Like, you can't be a hater of Drake and be like one of my best friends so like <laughs> simply put yes it did a little bit but i don't know we'll see what their logic is and if we can maybe get some common ground but i yeah. doubt it so my first like question for Brittany and danielle is how could you not like hip-hop sweet canadian prince <laughs> so we were talking about this before we started recording but like I was always like into hip-hop and and rap in high school but not like invested so I never really kind of gave the time to look into what all the kids were listening to you know <laughs> um, so I always wanted to to like Drake and I, I was always really excited when I like got to finally listen to something that he put out and I guess maybe it was kind of a lack of effort on my part or just um, just like a like unfortunate kind of kismet but every time I tried every time I heard a song just not just not feeling it mm -hmm. and I mean I really wanted to have my Drake moment and I decided in like 2016 like everybody's excited for views like I'm gonna be really excited for views and then it came out and you, and you know fam I just I really can't mm -hmm. get on board <laughs> Casey's already trying to push me out of the room I <laughs> luckily it's small enough that I don't think you can um, but yeah I remember I read Danielle's review of oh, yes. views which I believe started as like a very long text message to your co-editor yeah um, and it's biting let me just tell you if you haven't read it um, but do you think it was partially just because you had this expectation that Drake is for the kids and you just couldn't get into it like 
<laughs> I don't know if like it's because of that. I don't think it's because I'm like some old curmudgeon, even yeah, though like wow. I definitely do think oh, okay, maybe <laughs> that my spirit animal is like an old like cranky journalist clacking away on the typewriter in the mm -hmm. corner. But um, no, I don't think it's because I thought Drake was like beneath me or for young people. I think that I've just kind of gotten to a place in my listening habits where I really do expect a lot from people that have been hyped up and when I finally listen to views and like I have kind of had this so there are like real reasons that I don't like Drake and there are fake reasons and like one of the fake reasons is that I just don't like his act like I think he's corny as hell and like I think the whole like Degrassi to rapper thing is a little bit I, I don't know it started from the bottom now we're here yeah <laughs> no the bottom like the, the very bottom um but no the real reason is like I just have a lot of expectations of people that have been so lauded and praised in, in music journalism and in like pop culture in general and this just didn't do it for me it was like really contrived and you uh, could make the case that Degrassi is the bottom of television. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, hey, no, no, yeah, I, like, I, I grew up watching Degrassi. Right. Well, uh, if you grew up watching Degrassi, why not, why not be a Drake fan, Brittany? Seems like a logical, you know, mm. jump. Um, there's a couple reasons why I don't really like Drake, and part of it has to do with, like Daniel said, his act seems very contrived, and he's very overrated, I think. Like, I don't go out and openly brag about how I'm a Drake fan. Like, that doesn't excite me. He doesn't... He just doesn't do it for me. Um, and there's a whole, like, bunch of other reasons why I don't really like him, but I think his music is just not as good as the attention that he gets mm. and the love that he gets from everyone. Okay. Like, a lot of the music... Nothing is super memorable. Nothing is... A lot of the songs sound super similar to each other. Okay. I can't even, like, differ you know, like, it's just too similar for me, and it just... Well, to your point of being overrated, so I'm pretty sure almost every Drake album and mixtape has peaked at number one on billboards. The view Views most recently did. Yeah. I believe Take Care, Nothing Was the Same, What a Time. Even though, honestly, What a Time, I didn't... That was my lowest Drake... Uh, it was a mixtape, right? Yeah, so yeah, that was my sure. lowest point for him. But other than that, it's just consistently top hits after top hits. Like he said in his uh, one of his songs, what was it? Back to back, they just well, what is it? They just mad because I got the Midas touch. He's King Midas. Everything oh, he touches okay, turns so, to gold. But in the, that same He's a hit maker. Is Taylor Swift, yeah. the greatest artist Are we of our valuing, generation? like, billboard position and equating that? Of course with... not, but that's just sort oh, of... Oh, so now a... your argument's done. No, that's just a... It's an obvious... It, it's a boost for him that, like, if you're... You can't be one of the best of all time and, like, not have anything in, like, the top, you know, rated songs. He's got to have songs that are, right. like, poppy. And that's his thing. He's His whole thing is, like, he's trying to be the biggest he can be that's what everyone wants to be they want to be like the best entertainer possible and that's what he's doing that's why he has his corny like snl skits and his like fake taylor swift relationship like he's trying to branch out to the hip-hop heads the the mainstream pop listeners you know he's trying to expand his brand because he wants to be the best entertainer which in my opinion he is probably the best the best musical entertainer since 
how like who Michael Jackson perhaps? Oh gosh. <laughs> when We're who is the last these. person? Even more than like Kanye. Yeah. Okay. Kanye. Yeah. I was gonna say is is up there as well. Kanye is a revolutionary. He his er, er, <laughs> he. Well, yeah, that's not a real description. But yeah, no, he revolutionized hip hop in many ways. So I'll give Kanye some obvious credit. But who else besides Drake and Kanye in the last twenty years you can say but, did what he did and changed the their genres? Yeah, um, I mean, like to Casey's other point, like maybe it, it's just a difference of opinion. Like if you're saying like you think that this manufactured thing is kind of like that's his thing, that's his effort, and you appreciate that effort, then like fine. But as far as like my tastes go, that to me is just like evidence of I don't I don't know of like being un in ungenuine, like not being genuine. Even in his music, right. it, it seems like like the whole controversy he got into with. Um, dance hall and like jacking mm -hmm. Jamaican music and yeah. Jamaican vibe just because he's from Toronto and has admired that very rich culture in Toronto it, it, like he keeps trying to m make things his own and it seems very put on like, I don't think it's necessarily making it his own he's he just, just taking from th I, but but like okay. that's appropriation <laughs> yeah but is it like you there's well, a like, there's kicking, a kicking pop can off that uh, yeah that i song, agree he should have he should have kept that original but then keeping the line that's like supposed to be a tribute to him it just feels it's so contrived and like i think i wrote in that review that you were talking about earlier like the scathing one when he's like oh, what's the line where he, like, you can't even talk to me, like, no one's better than me. It's, it's like he's trying to convince us. But that's every rap, every yeah. rapper's gonna say, I'm the best, um, I'm the best. So I'll say, I think, There's like... A level of self-consciousness that Drake has that other rappers don't. Yeah, um... Like, he's the kid in school who's trying to pal with the cool kids and just, like, keeps trying new things to change himself. That's part of his aesthetic, though. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's watch Degrassi? That's, he's the yeah, corn yeah. Ball. Oh, he, wait, now the connection is yeah. made! Yeah. Um, but I would say, like, as a Drake fan, I think one of the most... Like exciting times to be a Drake fan was during the whole Meek Mill beef. Yeah, because that's when he was. Mm. This oh. is gonna get tangential real, real yeah. fast, mm. but, uh, but it'll bring me to my next point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that like watching Drake in that beef was like so calculated and like mm -hmm. so like on top of everything that it really reminded me of watching the first two seasons of House of Cards, where you know oh. Frank Underwood is gonna like come out on top, yeah. but it's just fun to watch it all unfold. Yeah. Yeah. And like I feel like everybody knew. Drake was gonna win that beef, Obviously. but just watching how like maniacal and like calculated charged up and was, back to back yeah. was oh it was oh gave me chills. Uh, that's what oh. I was gonna say. I was, I was, um, my spine is feeling it. Right so now. I think that there's at least some of that like entertainment value to Drake as a person that a lot mm -hmm. of other rappers lack, even rappers who. Mm -hmm make better music like i think that like you could like definitely i feel like kendrick lamar makes better music but he's not uh, actually <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it comes down to what you value True. in an artist <laughs> right like danielle and i we're on the boat where you want a genuine you want a genuine authentic like talented yeah and that musician. doesn't necessarily mean like you have to grow up in compton to be a, a good rapper right. but just whatever you do do it genuinely okay so I, well, my I mean, my other thing was, like, I think we can't exactly ignore, like, the gender dynamic going on right now. I, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Drake, to me, like, the, the thing, I, beefs are, like, I mean, I find them stupid because I think it's just, like, they're usually between male rappers and it's, like, this unnecessarily 
unnecessary display of machismo. Well, unless like, it's like between Taylor Swift and everyone. <laughs> and literally every other well, musician that exists. I think it's hard to that Taylor Swift is the Drake of but, pop music. Yeah. So. No, well, I'll give you that. But perfect together. Yeah. No, it's They're true. not it's together. A, it's a match made in it's pop fake. music paradise. But like, the thing that I couldn't ignore with the Meek Mill beef, other than the fact that I am from Philadelphia, so I stick with my man, um, is that like he was he got super super <laughs> misogynistic as far as Nicki Minaj, and that's something that kind of leeches into his music as well. Like, are we going to call out Hotline Bling for like the misogynist anthem that it is? Is anybody ever gonna um, call it out? Or how how about now? If you yeah. remember that one, that song is like very yeah. petty. It's like absurdly petty. It's wild. Or like you know, we wrote about Child's Play, which right, which is and, terrible. Yeah. Like um, calling out the a woman. video for Child's Play, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I still watched it. I still uh, love it. Um, really made no sense, but it had me laughing. But so. it's funny because like I googled before we did this. I googled. I just like sat on my in class. I was like. Who could hate Drake? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. And Results the zero. Article is this like mass appeal article that's just like why dudes hate Drake, uh -huh. and the whole thing was kind of about how like um, Drake like uh, tries to appeal to women through his music, and like that's that stupid. turns like male right. listeners off. But I think that like you well, guys are experiencing totally the opposite. Well, yeah, that's there's been dumb. a transition with Drake's like style. From, so when you have like Take Care and Nothing Was the Same and right. Thank Me Later and all the So Far Gone, all the Skinny early ones. Drake. Yeah, that. Well, yeah. <laughs> honestly, maybe that was a correlation <laughs> with how much bigger he got. But yeah, that all like his first. Like from 2004 to 2010, whenever Nothing Was the Same came out, that was all the sort of like soft, you know, Drake's, uh, you know, the smooth guy. And then he tried to transition to that tough street Drake, mm -hmm. which is where the corniness comes in. I, yeah. And that's, but to me, that's him trying to like appeal to all, like branch out into every, uh, yeah, you know, demographic. I mean, I think there's nothing demographic. wrong with like wanting to appeal to a mass group of people or like coming across as multidimensional. Mm -hmm. But when you have, I mean, like when you have somebody who gets into all of these, you know, beef, Twitter beef moments, or like, um, like when you have people suing you <laughs> for like stealing intellectual property, that becomes inauthentic for me. Are, <laughs> are there Drake songs that the two of you like? Mm. Oh, I there's one. Yeah. One? I, yeah. oh. One. I think, okay. What one? What? Which uh, one? <laughs> it's the one, it's like, uh, it's the one where he's like talk, rapping about how he he's like fighting with his mom. Uh, when Britney said there was one Drake song she liked, Casey looked like he had like just found out Santa wasn't real then, <laughs> That's what I'm then saying. punched in the stomach there's the amount of hits he has is, like you can't say like best I ever had successful no, no, like best I, I ever oh, had best I ever had is a terrible song no I like okay so I like sweatpants hair tied chiller with no makeup on Ooh. best line ever it's misogynistic <laughs> oh no it's not that's like he's saying like you look pretty no uh, matter what uh, you're wearing whatever. Just um, like, uh, but like no I mean like I really I liked like I like pop style so much but like they had they shouldn't have taken the Kanye out of it. It was so okay. good. So this is going back to the gender thing. Because we just had another little gender moment there. Yeah, yeah. Um, the interesting thing is, is like the last two or three times Drake has dropped singles, he's 
dropped one for the guys and one for the girls. So oh. he dropped he dropped pop style and one, and one dance, dance together, and then he just did but what's sneak pop in style with, supposed to be for who? Which gender? for the guys? guys. See, and but one dance isn't a good song. I mean, you oh, can, come on, um, one dance. And when he sings it live, it's. Oh, yeah. Alright, well, well we're, not talking about, yeah. we're not talking about we're not talking about live. But half um, the artists. Okay, but the song that I that my only the only song by Drake that I like is "Look What You've Done" from Take Care. Oh, that is that's yes. a great song. That's the only song. Okay, and then Look what you've I, done. I I feel like we hold on, we're going home's fine. Yeah, oh, that is but such I mean, a it's jam so popular, too. Like, yeah. Um, I feel like we'd be remiss not to mention how do you feel about uh, Drake as a meme, not as a person. As a meme. As a meme, yeah. that's he's great. And Drake, that's Drake's that's part, okay, so Drake's a great that's meme. part of his brand too. Like it's, he he made Hotline Bling specifically for the only, the memes. It's like, only appropriate <laughs> that Drake has been appropriated as much as he's appropriated other people. So <laughs> that's part of his thing. Drake Drake as I said earlier, is an entity. He is like, he's trying to make his brand as big as he can, and he's doing whatever he has to do, whether make himself memeable, gotta, he's gotta reach into pop culture, or try to be street thug, try to be soft, take care of Drake. He does what he has to do to get all the listeners that he can, and I think you have to respect him for that, because, you know, people respect, so. like, Jay-Z for being, like, the businessman that he is, why can't you respect Drake for being the, you know, entity that he is, you know? Yeah. The, the thing I do think that I understand about your guys' argument that it comes down to is, like, I like a lot of Drake's music, I enjoy his, like, persona for entertainment value, but at the same time, like, there's definitely something to be said for the fact that if I, like, got to meet Drake... I don't know what I would say to him. Like, I just don't... Like, what would you say to Drake? Yeah, honestly, I... Cool I'm, sweater. Yeah. Like, hey, sweaters, I wear them too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Just go up and do the hotline bling meme and see if he laughs or something. Yeah. He's probably would not be, like, cool to hang out with, I'll be honest. All right, so, like, two, two things to wrap this up, I think. Okay. First of all... When Drake releases his next album, are you gonna listen to it? Yeah, no, I will. Should become well, obviously, like, every, everyone will listen to it because uh, he's Drake. Oh, very nice. I baby. won't go and seek it out. I think people will be playing it around me, and I will listen to it. Yeah, from that channel. I'm yeah. excited. I think like I'll just have to listen to it because like again, going back to what I originally wrote about views, like everybody has Drake goggles on. Like if you take the brand away from the album, it's what? <laughs> just tying, yeah. taking off the Drake goggles. Um, it's like if we're talking about just views. If you take the Drake brand away from that album, it is not. I mean, and difference of opinion. I know Casey. Yeah. It is. It is not. It is not the event that all of these stupid year-end lists are making it. Like, just it's it's not. So I mean, but. You can't necessarily because he's already had, like Casey's saying, like he's had this huge impact on culture, pop culture, whether we like it or not. And his albums are going to be an event, just mm -hmm. like the same way Kanye's albums are an event, the same way Beyonce's albums are an event. We've had so many of those event albums in 2016. I feel like we've forgotten what it's what it's like for a hip hop artist to release an album to Noah do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> and then in the future, is there anything? Is the, do you like have any idea of like what a future would look like where like you become a Drake fan? Like, is there anything that could happen? I need to stop wearing those sweaters. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I would say like you know he's had a bunch of interviews where he's talked about how 
you know, how much Toronto means to him. And when he first started out, he felt like, like when he returns to Toronto, they feel left behind or like he's not as connected. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, uh, views came out and he calls, you know, his town the six and all that stuff. Yeah. Trying to connect with Toronto. I think, I think if he, he's 30 now. So, some maturity, hopefully, um, that reflects his age would probably make me more of a Drake fan. Yeah. Um, as well as, like, doing, I don't know, because you have so much star power, even if it's, like, unconscious, or even if it's not something you want to do, you still wield a lot of power in the media, in the public sphere, and I think doing something more than just for yourself is one way to endear people to you. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so, so, like, Drake, if you're out there, if you're listening, like, Daniel Ohl and Brittany Chang need a little bit more from you. Just, like, a little bit of maturity. Just yeah. a little bit. Maturity. And, like, yeah, I mean, like, okay. yeah, Views was such an icy, sparse, like, loner album but it just wasn't it's it's too it's done it's played out like you need to you need but to that's on. genuine drake ah, <laughs> he's right. genuine well we're gonna all right we're just gonna disagree i, I think guess. i think we have all yeah at this point we are in the agree to disagree <laughs> stage but we are in an understanding in my opinion everyone gets each other's points right. anything else i believe we you know said our all right me i'm just done in the hype <laughs> A great Drake. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for coming, except Danielle for that. Uh, <laughs> That's how I ended that uh, that review. Yeah, and uh, I skipped class for this. All right. <laughs> <laughs>